0: Welcome to this week's podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. For more info about Freedom Church, visit HelloFreedomChurch.com. Good morning to everybody. It is wonderful to see all of you and to have you just uh, in, in church today and just to be able to worship together. Uh, I guess I say it about every week, but just as well, welcome to our online family. Technology can be a great thing, right? And uh, it's it's wonderful, all the people that tune in, and then as well, of course, our family in Crookston and... Uh, God bless Pastor Joel and the leadership team and everybody in Crookston, so we love you very much. We are wrapping up a series of sermons today entitled "Life Saver," uh, and then next week we're going to be moving on to completely different topics, but in this series of sermons, this is now the fourth and final sermon, we're looking at a psalm of David, we've done this every week, a context of the psalm, and then how does that relate to us? Psalm 55, uh, starting in verse 4, Psalm 55, we're going to be staying in Psalm 55, verse 4, David said, my heart is in anguish within me, and the tears of death have fallen on me. Anybody had a bad day? This is what you call a bad day, okay? Fear and trembling come upon me, horror has overwhelmed me, I said, Oh, that I had the wings like a dove, I would fly away and be at rest. Behold, I would wander far away, I would lodge in the wilderness, I would hasten to my place of refuge from the stormy wind and tempest. David is saying, things are so difficult, I just wanna get out of here. If I had the wings of a dove, I would fly out of here. I'd go to a place in the remote wilderness, I'd live off the land, and that's where I would reside. And I'm kinda curious, anybody ever thought that? I don't know about you, but I'll have to be honest, I have felt that way. Man, if I could just like, just, I just need to go somewhere, I need to get out of here, and I'm just gonna go pitch a tent somewhere, I'm gonna live off the land, and that's gonna be my life, and I'm gonna be so happy. And, and the first time it came to me I, was, was, was when I was in Bible college and we had been married. We got married young. Mary was 19. I was 20. And we went to college just six months after. Well, actually, it was a year after we were married. And I think a lot of it had to do with me adulting, which, uh, which was happening. And every time finals came along, any students or anybody under finals week, any time finals came along, ah. Oh, uh, I, I bought my first motorcycle when I was in fifth grade, so I've always had motorcycles. Uh, I don't now, I've sold them, but I used to I always had, had motorcycles. And so, so this, 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 is, this is a little embarrassing, but it's true. But when it would come time, finals week, I had my Honda, my street bike, and the only thing I wanted to do during finals week, I would daydream about it. I wanna get on my motorcycle. I'm gonna head off to Florida okay i'm gonna let my hair grow out i'm gonna maybe get a tattoo and and i'm gonna join i'm gonna join a biker game because there was i know this sounds silly, but I fought these thoughts guys because like because like yeah can you imagine me a hell's angel probably not right but but i just i wanna i just that lifestyle seems so just like problem free like just with like just my hair in the wind and like I'm like Mary I kind of and it was nothing personal but I just wanted to get out of there. I have this this little bit of this flight instinct that just like wants to like disappear like just like get out of here. That's what David is saying. He's saying this is so difficult. This is so hard. I just want to get out of here because all the pressures and all the stresses In just a little, a few verses later, David describes what was causing all this, or at least in large part the stress, uh, and all these feelings in Psalm 55 verse 12. He says, it's not an enemy who reproaches me, because then I could bear it. Nor is it the one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, but it is you, a man my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We who had sweet fellowship together, who walked in the house of God in the throng or in the congregation. What David is saying, it's not my enemies causing me all this stress and duress. I mean, that would be one thing and that would be expected and certainly difficult. He says, no, that's not the thing that's causing me hardship today. It's, it's you, it's my, my close friends that have risen up against me. I'm really struggling, and it's not the enemy coming against me, but, but it's those that are close to me. And he says, those we had sweet fellowship together, we walked in the house of God in the throng, meaning in the congregation. David is saying, we used to worship together. Man, we used to cry together at the altar. We used to go to connect group and small group together. Remember, we hung out all the time together. It's not my enemies causing me all the stress, but it's you because you've turned on me. You have betrayed me. The betrayal of a family member or a friend or a spouse or a boss or whoever it is can be so incredibly difficult. And so in each of these last sermons, what we've done, we've looked at the, the, the psalm, then looked at the context, applied it to our life, and so I, the next thing I said, so what's the context of Psalm 55? Psalm 55. In the past, we've gone to that, that little, short couple sentences between uh, the, the chapter number and verse one, and here it just says it's a mascal of David, or it's a poem of David to be played on stringed instruments, so there's not a lot of uh, revelation in there, and to be honest, nobody exactly knows who David was referring to, but knowing the life of David, there's a couple of options. It could David could have been referring to King Saul because David and King Saul were friends. And when David slew Goliath, he did an incredible favor for King Saul, and not only King Saul, but the whole nation of Israel. And you would think that would have cemented their relationship, King Saul and David's relationship, into incredible intimacy, incredible friendship, incredible respect, but that's not what happened. And we've, I think we've talked about this almost every, every sermon in this series. Out of jealousy, deep insecurity, King Saul rises up against David, even to the point of a kill, attempting to kill Kill him. And perhaps, maybe David is referring to Saul in this passage of scripture, could be. But he also could be f- referring to Absalom. Absalom was David's son. And when Absalom, David, Absalom, David's a son, Absalom, and when, when Absalom grows up, what happens is that he completely turns on his dad so much so that he devises a scheme. I just have been reading through this in my, my, my quiet time, my devotions, uh, through all the life of David. And so he turns on his father with this scheme, sending like 200 men throughout the nation of Israel and all at the same time they're supposed to stand up and begin to rise up and just say, Absalom is our king, Abs-, and to, to underthrow David. And so David, out of fear, leaves Israel because he's afraid that these individuals, maybe even including his son, is gonna kill him. I mean, the betrayal of a son? That's hard, right? That, that could be what Psalm 55 is talking about. But it also, the other person it could be referring to is a person by the name of Ahithophel. And when you read the story of Ahithophel, he really, from first notice, Ahithophel really seems like that's the kind of guy you really wanna have on your side because he was a trusted friend and counselor. He was a a counselor to David. So in other words, David would sit down with Ahithophel and say, hey, this is where I'm at. He would confide in Ahithophel. He would would seek the wisdom and the knowledge of Ahithophel. Please tell me this is where I'm at. This is where I'm struggling. What do you think we should do? And he, he would open up his heart, talk to Ahithophel. But what happened is that when Absalom, David's son, rose up in rebellion, that Ahithophel joined with Absalom he joined with Absalom and completely, completely turned his back on David. Wow. Now that's not easy, right? And so David perhaps was referring to Hithophel, and again, to to be very, very honest, I'm not sure that it really matters. The point is this, David is hurting, hurting badly, and is due to the betrayal of a family member or a friend. And I was just asking, thinking about this today, Mary and I, we've throughout this week, knowing this is where we're going, we've talked different times this week as we've been sitting and talking like, wow, that, that, that would be hard. Or remember that, yeah, that, that was not hard. That would be very hard. And, and I would just say, have you ever been there with the betrayal of, 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 of a family member, a friend, a boss, I don't know who it may be, maybe someone like King Saul who's in a position of authority over you, like what Saul was in David's life. I would think that at least initially, David trusted Saul, this is my king, this is my boss, God's placed him in this position of kingship and headship, and so he's certainly one that could be trusted, but it, it, it proved not to be true. And maybe you can identify with David in this, you've been betrayed by a person that's been in a position of authority in your life. Maybe it's a supervisor. Maybe it's a boss at work. Maybe it's been a teacher, a professor. Maybe it's been a coach. Maybe it's even been a pastor. Ouch. And I know, I know, I know, I know. Those things are never supposed to happen in churches, right? They're never supposed to happen in churches. We should never experience the pain of betrayal from someone in a church or the result of being a part of a church. And I completely agree with that. But to be very honest with you, here's the thing. Churches are made up of people, you and I, and we're all very broken and prone to weakness, all of us, and even pastors. And if that's you today, you say, you know, my life, the hist- part of the history of my life is the pain that I've experienced from a pastor, from a, from a Christian brother, sister, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but let me just say this, I apologize, I'm sorry to you for what's happened. Part of the vision that God has given to Mary and me is this, that Freedom Church is to be a place of safety for those who have experienced pain from a spiritual leader or from a church family. And over the years, God has enabled us to see healing take place different times in that type of scenario. And so if you know, if you yourself, the man, I know what that's like, man. We welcome you to come and to stay or invite people that you know that share that story, that experience to come. Betrayal can come from a person who's in a position of authority in our lives. But I also think of Absalom David's son. I mean, these guys, they're family. This is the dad and the son. And perhaps today you can identify with that because of the betrayal of the pain caused by a family member. Wow, I mean, is there anything more difficult than when a son or daughter betrays and turns on you? Or where a brother or sister betrays you and turns on you? Or where a mom or dad or a grandparent where they turn their back on you? and they sever relationship, and they cease talking to you, or whatever the case may be. Let me tell you something, that's, that's, that, that could be what David was talking about as in relation to Absalom. Betrayal can come from a family member, or else maybe maybe Ephithophel that was just this trusted friend, a trusted friend, David's counselor. Again, David confided in him. He sought wisdom. David confided in him. And then completely unprovoked, without explanation, Atithophel turns on David and betrays him. The betrayal of a friend is incredibly difficult. And it causes me to ask some just important questions, and that is like, how do you deal with that? As a believer, how do you deal with the betrayal of a friend? How do you deal with the betrayal of a spouse? How do you deal with the betrayal of a parent? How do you deal with the betrayal of a friend, someone that you're close to and all of a sudden they turn on you? How do you deal with someone in a position of authority that turns their back on you and like you're left just like, wow, with this gaping wound, like, that, like this really hurts. That's really hard. And we probably could have a 10-point sermon today and it would be awesome. But today it's gonna be a two-point sermon, okay? Everybody said, Thank you, that's right, that's right, that's right. So what did David do? What did David do? Listen to Psalm 55. It's not an enemy who reproaches me, I would be able to bear that. It's not the one who hates me, who has exalted himself against me, I would hide myself from that person, but it's you. It's a man my equal, my companion, my familiar friend. We who had sweet fellowship together, who walked in the house of God in the throng, verse 14, verse 15, listen to what David says, okay? Listen to what David said. Let me say verse 14 one more time. We who had sweet fellowship together, we walked in the house of God in the throng, verse 15, let death come deceitfully upon them. Let them go down alive to hell or to Sheol for evil is in their dwelling and in their midst. Like, what, no, no David, that's not how you deal with enemies, okay, he's saying, may death creep on you unexpectedly, may all of a sudden, as you're going through life, may all of a sudden you be faced, like face to face with death, to where terror overwhelms you, David says, that's what I want, may you go down, not to hell dead, but may you go down to hell alive, so you can experience all of the hell, all the torment, all of the things that, that hell, like, like all, all of it. I want you, That's what I want. That's what David's praying. Like get the X-Acto knife, cut this out of the Bible because like that shouldn't be there, right? But that's what David's praying, guys. Does that seem okay with you? Does that seem okay? Like that, that verse would find its place in scripture that David says, let death come upon you suddenly or like surprisingly. And may you go down to hell alive. What does David do? Number one, David is this, he tells God about it. Tell God about it. Those are David's words. David's words were not couched in religious-sounding rhetoric. His prayers were not filtered through with what would appear to be appropriate spiritual discourse with an all-holy, all-knowing, all-awesome God. No, David's prayers are raw. They are unfiltered. They're this heartfelt expression of his emotions and his thoughts. In the very next verse, verse 16, he says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord will save me. Evening and morning and noon I will complain and murmur and he will hear my voice. Just a couple verses later, verse 22, David says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Casting. Some of you are fishermen. I'm not a big fisherman. Just have never done it much, but but casting. When you're in a boat and you cast, you don't take your lure at the end of the rod, put it over the boat, and hit the release and watch the lure just go. "Ah," Okay, that's not casting, right? That's just like letting the lure sink. Casting is when you put that thing and you go like, "Ah," like that. It's when you like you just launch it out there, right? You put it out there. That's casting. Okay, if you had a great big trash bag, you're like, oh, casting is not where you go to the dumpster and you just go like, and you release your grip. Casting was when you grab that thing and you go like, oh, Oh, I'm gonna get rid of this thing. There's intention, there's some emotion that's involved in that thing. That's what David is saying. He's saying like, I just told God all about it. I told him all about my feelings, all about those things. And I know, I know, this whole thought seems to be a little bit of a theme of my life. And I know like we just talked about this same thing a couple of weeks ago. In fact, Psalm 62, verse eight, David says, trust in the Lord at all times, O people, Trust in him and pour out your heart before him because God is a refuge. We talked about that. Here's this refuge. Here's this safe place, a safe place. And David says, I go into this refuge and it's there I can say, God, I'm really struggling. God, I ask that you would just like, that you would meet these enemies like with sudden death. You'd send them down to hell alive. David never actually suddenly meets his enemies with death. He doesn't do that, but he opens up his heart to the Lord in this way of incredible transparency, incredible just releasing his emotions to him. And can I tell you something? Prayer in that sense is an incredibly cathartic, if that's how you say it and use that word. And the reason that can be impacting for me, is because my prayer life made a dramatic change when I understood that. Because my dad was a pastor, I had been raised as a pastor's kid my entire life, and what I had to do, and, and again, I don't, what I felt I needed to do is, is filter my prayers through niceties and through kindness. And like, God would not like that if I ever said that, so I'm not gonna say that, and I would filter my prayers through all this thing, and to be honest, at times it was a little bit frustrating until I learned what David teaches over and over and over and over that when you come in to the refuge, you come into the quiet place, you can say, God, this is where I'm at today. This is how I'm feeling. And God, I'm gonna tell you about it because God, I'm really struggling. In fact, I, man, why did you do that? I don't understand it. I don't get it. And you can open your heart and tell him about it. You can be honest in prayer. That's what David does. I don't understand it. I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a counselor, I'm not, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a clinician, and so I don't understand all the psyche and all of how we're made. I just know that when we open up our hearts and come to God and we tell him about it, whew, that felt pretty good. There's something that can be very healing in it. And so, guys, you can tell God about it. Number two and finally is this. Tell God about it, number two is trust God with it. Tell God about it, trust God with it. Again, in Psalm fifty-five twenty-two, David says, cast your burden upon the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be shaken. Cast your care upon the Lord, your burden. He, the Lord, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, he will sustain you the Lord, God, Jehovah, creator of heaven, creator of earth, creator of sun, creator of the stars, creator of humankind, that he will not allow the righteous to be shaken. He will not allow that to happen. The temptation is that for you and I is to always take matters in our own hands. To validate our feelings, to vindicate our pain to respond. When someone responds in a spirit of betrayal, they go, oh yeah, and we respond with like spirit. Somebody betrays us, oh yeah, and we betray them. Someone's you know, unkind to us, oh yeah, well we can be unkind to them. Like, and and we, we think the solution to, the, to this difficulty is like the spirit that you've given to me, I'm gonna return that spirit back to you and that's gonna really help. That's not gonna solve anything, guys to return like spirit or spirit for a like spirit will not solve anything but only make matters incredibly worse and, and besides that, you're gonna feel really terrible as a result of it. That's always the temptation, always the temptation. The temptation is that when somebody takes their spear of resentment or bitterness and betrayal and, 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 and you know, drops it in this cauldron of, of, of like, of anger, and, and betrayal, and it goes, okay, and it's dripping, and then they launch that at us, and like, oh, it hits us, the temptation is for us, like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you think you're gonna do that, pop that thing out, and we dip it in our own resentment, we dip it in our own resentment, and go, like, take this, and when somebody launches an arrow of, 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 of injustice, an arrow of betrayal, they go, oh, yeah, and we dip our own arrows in the same cauldron of, of this poison, and we go like, take this, ha! That's never gonna solve it, guys, right? But somehow we think if they would just understand me, man, that'd be so bad. I remember I remember sitting down with a couple when I was like the first church we passed. I remember sitting down with a couple that I don't even remember the situation. But I remember after I'd sat with them for a a long time I got in my vehicle to drive back to the church and I remember saying, God, Lord, they don't they don't understand me. Lord, would you help them to understand me? To where they'd get it? Because in my mind what I expected, what I was expecting God is for this couple to come back to me and say, pastor, we are so sorry. You're right. Can we please, we just want to apologize to you. Let's go for supper together. We'll buy. Like, we just, we just really want to like, make this right. I mean, is isn't that like, like, yeah, yeah, and we're like justified, like we're we're vindicated, like that's right, that's right. But as I was driving and say, God, would you please help them to understand? The Lord spoke to me specifically and he says, Nathan, they may never understand you. Like, I don't want to hear that. We got a lot of pigeons in this area, right? And, and we, you know, we try to get rid of the pigeons because we don't like you having to walk in the remains of what pigeons do when they're downtown. And so, but imagine, imagine today you walk outside the building and as you're walking a pigeon releases and it hits you on the head. And you're like, that makes me mad. Get back here right now and clean this up. Get back here and clean this up off my head because you have upset me. And you know what the pigeon's doing? Woo, I feel lighter than ever. Like, like they're, just, they're just taking off. Like, they're not gonna come back. They feel better than ever. And if you're gonna get caught in the bitterness and the anger of what that pigeon has just done to you, you're gonna be angry a lot. You're gonna be angry a lot. And so the answer is not found in like having that person vindicate us in our feelings. That doesn't get us there. That's not gonna be the thing. Let me say this, what we need, you and I need more than anything, we need the blessings of the Lord. And the greatest enemy to David's success was not Absalom, was not Saul or Atithophel. the greatest enemy to David's success was David himself and how he responded. The greatest, the greatest hindrance, hindrance to what God wants to do in my life is not my detractors, it's Nathan, and how I respond to criticism and difficulty, and how I respond in difficult time. I'm the greatest like, like hindrance, and it's like, I've, I've learned that, so what I need more than anything, I personally must have God's blessing in my life. And God's blessing in my life doesn't depend upon my detractors. David, God's blessing in David's life did not depend upon King Saul. Isn't that amazing? God's blessing in, on David's life didn't, didn't depend upon King Saul. It didn't depend upon his son Absalom, although he was fleeing the country. It didn't depend upon Ethithophel because after all those individuals were done, David remains king. He's still king and he rules Because God says, I'll take care of all those others, but you, you have to guard your heart and respond in a way that's godly and Christ-like. And so it comes down to this. We don't trust our words, but we have to trust completely. We trust completely in God. I'm gonna tell God all about it, and then I'm gonna trust, I'm gonna release, and I'm gonna trust you in it, God. I think about this. I think about Jesus. Jesus knew what it was like to be betrayed, First Peter 2.23, speaking of Jesus, it says this, and while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But rather, what he did do this, is this, he kept entrusting himself to him, to the, his Father who judges righteously. And I think, wow, God, you know, Jesus, if you did that, well, being reviled, you didn't return spirit for spirit. You didn't return arrow for arrow, spear for spear, but God, Lord, rather, you just says, God, I'm yours. I'm your son, Jesus said. I'm your son, so this is up to you. I need you to come and help me. Therefore, God has given him a name which is above all names that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ, your Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians, that that, that passage of scripture would never have been written had Jesus taken things in his own hands. But instead he says, "I, I trust you. God, I'm gonna trust you. Therefore, God has given him a name above all names. And if we can adopt that same mindset, say, God, I'm gonna trust you in this. My response, God, I want it to be something that, 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 that creates, invokes your blessing, and not the opposite. As we do that, I think God's blessing really rests upon us. None of those individuals thwarted God's plan. None of those. David trusted in the Lord. Let's bow our heads if we can today, and we're gonna wrap up. We'll stay connected for here in Cruxton for this, this, this next few moments, but if Marissa and the band wanna come, in Jesus' name. So Father, we just thank you today. Lord, I know as we look at this, these thoughts from Scripture, Lord, it's not easy. Lord, it's not easy at all. Feelings of betrayal, Having friends, family, those in authority turn their back on us, Lord, that's not easy. Lord, help us to, to offer them forgiveness, oh God, not to be bound and enslaved by unforgiveness, oh God, but to offer them what we have so freely received, oh God, that of, that of forgiveness, oh God. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Can we, just, can we just take a moment just to bow our, our heads? In just a moment, let's sing the song, Build My Life Again, if we could do that. I'd like to sing that again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know where you're at today, here or in Crookston, but I just I want you to know that God sees your hurt and your pain and those feelings of betrayal. And it's so hard. Something that stirs up my flesh are those kinds of things. And, and, and maybe not so much if I feel betrayed, but if I see that happen to my wife or to one of my children or grandchildren, well, that, that can get me, that can be really hurtful and difficult. And I'm not saying there's not a time to approach things face to face or to deal with things, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that first of all, first of all, you bring it to God. First of all, you bring it to the Lord. And once you've heard from him, then you respond. And you allow him to give you his heart in all of it, in all of it, in Jesus' name. Anybody today, you just say, you know what? I'm kinda struggling with some negative emotion and I could just use some prayer today. Amen, anybody? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You can put them down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. The situation, I'll be honest, it's bigger than what you are. It's bigger than what you are. Left to yourself, you're gonna throw back those spears. Left to yourself, you're gonna make, we're just gonna dig holes and caverns bigger. But when we come to God, which we're gonna do today, we're just gonna come to God and give it to the Lord today. And give it to the Lord today. So thank you, Jesus. Let's stand today. Can we stand together here? Let's stand in Crookston as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just give you our pain, God. Lord, we give you, Lord, the feelings of betrayal, God. Lord, the resentment that somehow has just kind of been stirring in our hearts of the betrayal. Lord, we just offload it on you, God. We just, we give it all to you, God. It's yours. Lord, we don't want to be consumed with those negative emotions of bitterness and anger and resentment and, Lord, just the seething, seething bitterness, God. Remove it from us, oh God. Lord, we want to stand before you just just clean, Lord, and and just unfettered, unbound by those types of things. And so, God, I pray today, Lord, we just give it to you today, Lord. We ask, God, that you, Father, forgive them, Lord, because they don't know what they're doing. God, those detractors of ours, the family members, the boss, the friends, God, forgive them, God, forgive them, Lord. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know, they have no idea what's taking place, God. Forgive them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you so much, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To stay connected with us, visit us on our website or check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Hello Freedom Church. Have a great week.